glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Back-to-back weeks of podcasting and football. <laughs> Let's go, Porter's mic is on. What's up, everybody? Don't worry, his jewel pot is still here. <laughs> oh, the tall side of the Wild Gregory <laughs> recently spotted. Porter's been here. It is the Put Me in Coach podcast. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster. We are your threesome. No Gregory Porter tonight. He got caught up. He is busy, but we may hear from him a little later in the program, um, calling in for a Rotten Gregory segment <laughs> that we are all looking forward to. Um, but does we're back. Have, does he have one? I don't know. He never said. Um, but we're back. Um, once again, recording on a Thursday night, watching a Redskins preseason game. It is near the end of the third quarter. The Redskins lead the Cincinnati Bengals 13-6, to although the Bengals are driving. Dwayne Haskins is playing. He has dropped a bomb for a touchdown already. A bomb. The starting defense looked fuegs. <laughs> looked so good. It looked yeah. so good. So many helicopter dicks. It, it like, was, I couldn't even count how many I did. It was a lot. I was like Tails from Sonic and the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to break down what we've seen from the – well. It's game two. I guess the whole game's kind of important. The real important game is mm-hmm. next week. Um, but Case, the starters played a lot more than last week. We at least saw um, starters on defense play this week. We did not see too many guys from the starting defense play in Cleveland. But the whole defensive front line played. Josh Norman was out there. Landon Collins, the first time seeing him in a Redskins uniform. Looked good. He did look good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun group. And also Case Keenum played, what, quarter and a half? About. About a quarter and a half, a couple of drives. He didn't throw the ball too much. He didn't get too many That's chances. why they kept him in longer. Yeah. Um, AP played. Adrian Peterson played. Whew. Only a couple carries, but he still got it. That man. first yeah. that first, the first the handoff. He's a freak. My that, God. That handoff, and that, it always reminds me that he's the only person on this planet that can do that. Or that that, that, that jump cut is yeah. unheard of. It's. He's a future Hall of Famer, freak of nature. Um, but um, let's see. I'm going to check the notes. Um, well, first we're going to start with uh, what happened a couple days ago. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Before we get to the Redskins and other <laughs> football things. There we go. Um, so at work, you know, I'm sort of used to being – I don't. I mean, I'm never on TV, but I'm used to being on camera. I've, we on do TV. video podcasts. But this week – it was our good friend Thomas who got on actual television, mm-hmm, live mm-hmm. television for um, on um, Tim Murray's front of the program. Front of the program. New show on NBC Sports Washington. Yeah, I am. I'm good at some things. Yeah, I'm good at music. I'm good yeah. at beer Are pong. You in a band? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm pretty good at embarrassing myself on television. I feel like that's a new added skill. What was the other time? 
one I'm sad Redskins fan still. Oh, you can literally oh. Google him. <laughs> yeah, it's turn a, your brain you on, Bob. What? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, I was thinking some. It was a time with Beckham. Never mind. <laughs> try to try to explain myself. Um, <clears throat> Facebook has that wonderful uh, notification every day saying, "Here, are, here were your memories on August 11th." Since you've had Facebook, yeah, and uh, my parents were very uh, lenient in terms of my social life. How could I say that? they? I liked to party they, back then. Yeah, they let you party. They were okay with it. Hell yes. Uh, so my mother made the terrible mistake <laughs> uh, of giving me a key to our beach house, and you know the inevitable kind of happened. So. Uh, I think it was summer after our freshman year in college, and there is a uh, picture of Nick Gumo, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. Jimmy Arkin, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Tim Murray, friend of the program. Friend of the program. And myself. That's a cool threesome. Having foursome. the <laughs> uh Having a uh, cocktail right outside uh, of my beach house in Bethany Beach. Shout out, Surf's Up. Uh, and um, Surf's Up. Uh, yeah, and it's... Uh, if you want to look for a quintessential uh, bro pick, it, <laughs> that's about it. And especially uh, at Tom underscore Natalie. Laughing it's at, bro. L- laughing at my expense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty used to getting made fun of. I'd yeah. say, fun I'd of say so. Let's bring, this, let's bring <laughs> this bad boy up. Are you pulling it up? Of course. This and might be our I was going to say, that, that has to be the picture. Episode picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is what, earlier this week? Yeah, so... Uh, there I, you are. Uh, I... <laughs> Was really into. Uh, Why does Umo look so serious? He does. He looks like angry almost, or just like so straight faced. Because it's past his bedtime. Everyone else <laughs> looks, you know, not smiling, you know, anything, but you know, trying to look broy. Umo looks like he's trying to fight yeah. somebody. So, uh, a couple things. One, I dressed like an idiot back then. Um, <laughs> well. It I'll be lying if I did not have at least one Puka Shell necklace. Now, I don't think there's many pictures of me yeah. wearing it as there are of you. Yeah, I, I definitely had that Madras belt. I, he rocked I it at all times. It was a 24-7 <laughs> Puka winter, for, for Wintertime Puka Shells. <laughs> it yeah. mattered not. It, rainbow sandals, hemp bracelets, Jack Johnson, bar cords, um, you know, you <laughs> name it. Multicolored pants. Multicolored pants and polos. polos how that's I how we roll. rolls. We made a song about them. We did. We, uh, we'll sing that. We'll, we got to sing that one day. I, I, still I still know how to play it. Um, it's called "In the Eyes of Tom Pizza," <laughs> Tom which Pizza. is just basically a <laughs> song making fun of that picture that just uh, went. I want to say was featured on a television show. So, uh, anyways, I went on Facebook and it said this happened 13 years ago. So I uh, posted it on Twitter and said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and tagged Jimmy, Nick, and Tim all in it. And then I, uh, according to uh, their show, the next oh, day I. Um, it appears that one of uh, Tim's producers found that on the interwebs, and uh, here they are. So, yeah, uh, Bobby's um, colleague, former yeah. colleague, former coworker, yeah, Sarah ha- had colleague. some some comments in which I believe the words "puka" and "bro" were together. Um, in re- Wasn't in the reg- first? Who cannot in regards last. to me, uh, mm-hmm. also about Wait. my skin tone. Said I needed uh, I needed sunscreen. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. that's not that's not you correct. You are tan as fuck. As man, tan as you <laughs> are, that's how white Tim Murray is. Though. Correct. <laughs> Holy God, that man is. It's pale. like we just need well, somebody I mean, burnt to for for like to be a Neapolitan ice cream. Right, right. <laughs> so this was like one of those on this date things. Yeah. 
So how is he that pale in the beginning of August? Is my question. Yeah, that's you, I, that's got he, he, he makes me look tan in that I, one. Yeah, he does. You I was there. Tan. I left that day. <laughs> I'm so mad. I wasn't on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing about that night. One last thing. Uh, that was a night that a drink that I am now you can call me famous for or infamous, whatever you'd like. A drink that I am infamous for, and that's mm-hmm. my gym bucket. Tim Murray, Jim. shout out Tim, introduced me Jim? to the gym bucket. Jeez. Gym bucket is basically two parts fresco, one part gin. And uh, we essentially drank that. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Uh, every every, every weekend? for it, it got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, once we started playing beer, beer pong, pong with, with it. it. Yeah. Oh, God, oh was, my God. Yeah, it was. It was what was wrong with you? We, we were bras, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. are you guys? I was not so much of a bro. Jesus, but, no. But I liked the party. You you had bro. You had friends that were bros. All my friends were bros. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would like gag. Every, every, someone spilled a little bit of vodka. In so I'm beer I'm punk. sure oh, your no, uh, your Megan has been involved in many many nights of gin bucket. Well, yeah. Well, Uma in our group chat sent over all those pics from that week. Yeah. and yeah, she was covered <laughs> in barbecue sauce. Yeah, you <laughs> lost, Healy. You <laughs> lost, and you'll go down again. I was worried that he was going to po- put those on uh, oh, Twitter yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that we were worried that was actually on TV was not, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, yeah. Just, we'll just leave that one. Yeah, um, But Umo, you know what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at tum- underscore Natalie. From earlier this week, if you want to see the picture, it's pretty funny. And then he also uh, quote tweeted the uh, the uh, video segment from. from I the did. Show. That's pretty. I cool. did. So that's it's pretty funny. Um, one day, I, I hope next time I get on TV, it will not be for getting roasted. Getting roasted. I love it because <laughs> there's four people sad. in that picture, and yeah. they and one of them is the host of the show. Yep. and they <laughs> mainly made fun of you. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I think you might be the last person I would make fun of. Right. Because well, again, Umo looks so serious. No, I'm making fun of Tom. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I didn't say he's exempt. Yeah. I'm saying he's gonna be like, if I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna rank. All right, why is Tim so pasty? Why is Jimmy Arkin wearing a shirt underneath a polo with cargo shorts in the middle of August? <laughs> why is Umo Fair. wearing? He always wears his hat with his hair down his forehead. And why is he so <laughs> damn serious? And then, I mean, with in the context of you being at the beach, Tom, you're the only one that looks like you belong. Thank you. That's fair. Because you're, t- you're tan in the Puka. I mean, yes, it's a I'll, Puka show, but I'll give you that. you're at the beach. But, but he would literally wear that exact same thing. In the middle of January. <laughs> yes. November in Montgomery County. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have a shirt on. A polo. And I can't lie. I would. Pro- I definitely went through that phase, too. I have that belt. Tackle. I once had a Puka shell necklace. I don't yeah. think I wore too often because it was a little heavy. My sister used to dress Ian in my clothes. That's true. That's true. Had a lot of success. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> Successful like she would like lay the clothes out and just like it was like her version of playing dress up. Yeah, I was I was her just life size Barbie doll. <laughs> Ken doll. So Man. I will defend you, Tom. Thanks, but for as much no, flack as you caught on TV, that's pretty I, if funny. it were me, you you would be getting the last of it. You yeah, no, last. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, definitely laughing about it. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me that. Uh, I'll lo- Such a good picture. I I watched that documentary on Cambridge Analytica. Um, Still mad, but it's okay. Thanks for <laughs> my. Uh, anyways, okay. Actual football. We are towards the end of the third quarter in a pretty preseason esque type game, thirteen to thirteen. Case Keenum, not a right. It looked uh, like him. Case Keenum um, played a couple series, two or three series, series is 
And um, series I. Dwayne Haskins has been in ever since. Uh, Haskins throwing his first, um, throwing his first touchdown pass in a Redskins uniform. And just, I mean, that's really the first thing I'm going to think about when discussing Game Two here was uh, Haskins' touchdown pass to uh, third-year player Robert Davis. Davis is now second touchdown in the preseason mm-hmm. so far. Uh, anyways, he that throw was uh, uh, something last week. There's just his arm strength is so like just tantalizing. Yeah, can't think of any way to, other way to describe it. Mouth watering. Oh. It really is boner inducing. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on. I mean, I, I won't though, but I could. The fact that he could throw a pass that accurately down the field while you know taking getting absolutely wrecked by I think it was that linebacker. Um, Kirk wouldn't have been able to do that. That's out what to, I'm saying. Like yeah. I don't. There's wow. Holy catch. shit! That was a really good there's um. Holy shit! There's not a lot of people uh, that can make those kind of throws. Who was the especially last, that's been on the Redskins? Well, that's, that, much. that was my yeah. question. Who was the last Redskins quarterback that stood straight up in the pocket and delivered a pass like that? Because I love, we all love Kirk. We're Kirk guys. Oh yeah. But I think he definitely would have been falling backwards on that. He that, that, would, uh, that would not have. There's been only touchdown. one. And Danny Werfel, Patrick Ramsey had a freaking cannon, but he, he just did have a cannon. Was a, a, I was thinking maybe blocks. For I can't shoes. remember. I was thinking maybe Jason Campbell, but no, he but was that, always. But under it was pressure. that elongated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. My impression. Bang. Yeah. No, that was the warm up, and then you got even though J Cam could throw probably the best deep ball, or Mark Brunell could throw a good deep ball too. Yeah, yeah. and that was in the twilight of his career. And don't forget, sexy Rexy. Fuck it, I'm going deep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thoughts on on Dwayne so far? Uh, he's cleaned up on the interceptions, but you know it, it's it's been hard to evaluate him this game just because the offensive line has been bad again. And uh, yeah, that's where and Samaj P. Ryan is getting. Did, did you see that, that interception? Uh, Dan Orlovsky broke it down. That first interception that Dwayne threw, the pick six, was mm-hmm. not his fault. Really? That was supposed. That guy was supposed to be picked up oh. by. Uh, Fuck, who was it? Sims or Davis? I forget. But that one wasn't on Dwayne, which I like that even okay. more. Yeah. But that's also, uh, okay, that's fine. But does it, the guy who picked it off it doesn't mean that the uh, the receiver still wasn't covered. He was throwing into coverage. Yeah, that, that, back, that linebacker was supposed to be picked up by one of, it was essentially like an, a pick play. Oh. Uh, so, but I thought the guy who was covering him was still running. Was it, who was it? Who's running the route? I forget. But then someone Marshall. else came over on top and picked it off, I thought. Oh, no, he came underneath. They oh. showed it versus how the Eagles ran it with oh. uh, Sproles and how it was supposed to look. But Eagles are struggling with quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Sunfeld got hurt, then oh, oh. almost picked it. Uh, then uh, Cody Kessler got hurt, yeah. today yep. too. Um, Wednesday's healthy, don't it, worry. It was good to see Case play I'm a little so bit, sure. too, I thought. <laughs> Can't wait to be ready. I liked, I liked what I saw from Case. Yeah, I, thought he I liked looked, what I saw from both. I, I Same. And Case looked much more comfortable now than he did ball. last week. Uh, so the offense looks uh, just incredibly different when Adrian Peterson is in the game. Uh, he can still – stuff still plays. Um, Samaj P. Ryan's got an average a good yard per carry, so we're right to where Samaj P. Ryan is as a professional athlete. <laughs> oh, he, he did, he's got five carries. One yard. One yard. There we go. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But Vernon Davis looked good. Uh, you know, I actually wrote down here in my notes, uh, which young receiver is going to stand out? Well, we can't. Because here. Where the fuck is Terry <laughs> McLaurin? Uh, 
Where the fuck is Terry McLaurin? He's it's, suited up. He's right there. He's suited up. I saw him on the sideline. Put him in the goddamn game. Playing. I don't fucking get it. And this is what okay. This is what concerns me. There's been so much uh, cloudiness, un- uncertainty, confusion surrounding. Well, obviously the Trent Williams situation, yeah. but uh, Darius Geis. Yep. What we knew was going on with AP. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. Yep. Okay. Why? Trent, are you correct? I believe you Last week with Monte Sweat. Like, I mean, he played great tonight, but, like, he didn't play last week and no one knew why until mm-hmm. after the fact. Why are they being and, so... And, and look, I know we're still talking about him. I know he rubs a fan base the wrong way, but Sue Cravens posted something again yep. this past week, and then Josh Doxson liked it, which I know sounds so arbitrary and petty that I'm just talking about liking certain things on Twitter. But that, it just... That says something. It, it does, because there's... How many players did we just mention that there's some kind of discrepancy that is either not divulged to the public in totality or it's just they don't know what the hell they're doing? And by every stretch of the imagination, the Redskins training staff are just not I mean, It good. seems like every day we're seeing stuff coming out of practice and camp that, up. Oh, there goes Terry again. Terry's having a great day. Yeah. But he's not playing in the game. Why is he not playing in the games? And, and I understood last week. Well, I would understand yeah. that they would just tell us why. It's like, Correct. you know what, we don't want to rush him, or he's got something that's nagging him. Yep. He's a full-going practice, but we don't want him hitting contact. That's fine. But they're not letting that information become public, and that's what's concerning. Well, mm-hmm. It seems like another classic Gretzkin's cover-up thing, sure. and that stresses me out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. And I feel like we deserve a little bit of transparency as fans, or at least tra- being transparent with the media. I'm not saying need, we need to go over your depth chart and what first 15 plays that are you, are you running, but at the same time, there's just I don't not a, no one else does this. Yeah, it, it just it's it, not like yeah. I mean, I guess it sort of, it's not like hockey where you need uh, upper body or mm-hmm. like you know you don't have to you have to be so cautious about the information you release. Like people in the NFL. Say all the time what's bothering. There's a too. lot of specificity to it, and it's it. and for whatever reason, the Redskins can't do that, and it's they won't do that. Again, it would be totally fine if they just said, "This is why we're not playing Terry McLaren." Okay, good. I'm okay. Thank I might you. I might disagree with what whatever the reason is, but at least I know what your reasoning Give me is. A reason. We don't know there any reason. We don't know why he's just standing there, <coughs> and mm-hmm. in pads. And it's not like he's also not pra- he's practicing, mm-hmm. right? Am I wrong on that? No, I he's, practicing. he's practicing every As I day. understand, yeah, and, and he's killing it. And so, why is he not in the game, especially with his buddy Dwayne Haskins in the game? How are you gonna How are you gonna let your your rookie quarterback you draft, get comfortable? You okay? drafted this guy throw out his fucking Dwayne. Oh my god! And then, uh, so if you don't want to play him, but. Adrian Peterson played today. Case Keenum played today. The entire starting offensive line did. Josh Doxson got in there. Landon Collins, the you know we just made the highest paid safety in the league, or one of the most highest paid. So, what? Why are we hiding McLaurin? I feel like is there? Then my concerns are because, okay, did he? Is he being punished? Did he do something wrong? Is Which he seems out of character? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of what that would be. If he was punished, wouldn't he also not be practicing? You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just I'm nervous because it seems like another Redskins cover up thing and yep. and there there uh-huh. are man, the kicking game has been atrocious. So tonight. bad. Both sides. Absolutely horrible. Um and it's just my concern that they're just just covering up another thing. Oh, it's yeah. just mm-hmm. it's just day to day practice for them and that is not cool. That is not how businesses NFL no. businesses should run. No. And it's just frustrating, and, and I feel like that's just the elephant in the room right now. Yeah. Because if Trent Williams was, was here and it's in added, Ashburn it's, or Richmond, whatever, 
piling on to we're, all this other crap. Too. We're not. We're not even having these kind of conversations, no. in my opinion. We're we're forgetting about, you know, all the other stupid shit that Bruce Allen has, does over the years. As if we had a draft, had the draft that we did, and the free agency that we did, and you know, bringing back our team captain and Trent Williams, then my concern level is significantly, significantly lower. If if none of these other things were problems, we would totally be like, huh, it's weird that we haven't heard anything about Terry McLaurin lately. Mm-hmm. But it's just adding on top of the Trent Williams thing, the Darius guys thing, and now this. I mean, I don't think it's probably on the Redskins' radar at all. Radar at all. But um, the Sua Cravens thing that's coming out too—it's yeah, it, and it's just I know, just a, you know, I know he's annoying, but we're running in place. He's here. not the—it's not an isolated incident based off of what we've just talked about over the past five minutes. Yeah. So, all right, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, we're all just like. I don't know. I mean, there's only so much we can say about it because we don't have any other information. We're just now yeah. just complaining about the lack of information, and that's all we can. This do. is if I were to make a Fuck prediction it. on Trent Williams. One, I think the uh, to if we were to trade him, we're going to get a compensated fairly nicely, which For I would have been okay with going into this um, early in the off season. Then I'm watching also Jaron Christian play the entire half. They're really trying to give him every single opportunity oh, to be the starting man. left tackle, and he is just Jesus, not ready. Donald Penn is getting beat by third stringers on the Cincinnati Bengals. This is just going to be a disaster. And once again, how can we properly evaluate some players and some coaches that we really, really need to evaluate at this point? And Jake Gruden and Josh Doxson. Is Trey Quinn going to be the answer long term? We how can we properly evaluate if the quarterback's either. not going to be able to make a throw with out someone just trying to take his head off? I mean, Dwayne's already been sacked two times. That's scary. He's been me, hit yeah. at least four times. It's scary. Um, he's having to run for his life at least twice already too. Mm-hmm. And this is just this week. I mean, he had to go through all that stuff last week too. And the the offensive line. I, I mean, I have two major concerns. Well, I think the, I think we're, what we're seeing tonight, and and we saw a sequence of it in the second quarter, um, in one of Case Keenum's last drives. We're gonna see this all season. The defense is gonna make a stand, go uh-huh. three and out, get the ball back. Gonna be fantastic. Yep. Sure. The offense get the ball back and do absolutely nothing with it, and they punt right back. It's just gonna be one of those seasons because this there's no offensive line without Trent. Mm-hmm. It's the quarterback has little time to throw. We're going to have to rely too much on the run. We're setting up for ourselves up on third and long way too much, which Ian does not like. No. no. And then, you know, we don't have – I mean, it starts up front. We don't, quarterback doesn't have time to make plays, and quite frankly, we don't have enough playmakers mm-hmm. to throw the ball to. I mean, obviously, Jordan Reed's not out here tonight. And, um, Paul Richardson, I think, only played a handful of snaps. Oh, I don't bro. think he got any targets. Um, so it's – it's just going to be a struggle offensively. It is. And, you know, the Jay's going to have his work cut out for him yet again. And, uh, you know, the last time he had some really good, really nice toys, we made it to the playoffs, if that's any kind of correlation there. Um, speaking of wide receivers, I know I just mentioned the which young wide receivers are have stood out so far. Um, we already talked, we already mentioned his name once, and that's Robert Davis. Uh, Third-year player, six-round pick out of Georgia State. Um, spent last year on uh, the IR with a torn ACL, I think it was. I mean, the guy has all the physical uh, tools that you look for in a modern-day receiver. And, you know, he's I think he's doing everything he can in his power to make this 53-man roster. Yeah, he's looked solid. Obviously, the two touchdowns, mm-hmm. 
he wasn't. When did he tear the ACL last year? It was in training camp. Yeah, it was early. Yeah. So we haven't really seen much of him at all. No. Mm-mm. Like almost almost none. And is that, you know, is he a training camp hero or is he going to be a guy that actually contributes? I, I think it's going to depend that l- what level is that contribution? Is it mostly just going to be on special teams? Are they going to have to be used situationally? I I, I think to be determined. Um, you think, like, him, Cam Sims, and, like, Brian Quick are all fighting for the same well, job? I'm, or do you think they're all probably going to be? I, I mean, think, well, Brian Quick, no. He's a veteran. We know who, what we're going to get out of him at this point. I feel like he's more of just a training camp body. And if, you know, injuries, if we succumb to injuries again, we know he can go in there and play mm-hmm. um, if need be. But I would much more, uh, like, uh, I'm good on Brian Quick. Yeah. So it, it's, then it really comes down to Robert Davis, Cam Sims, who also really shined last year, hasn't shown too much. Um, he was the one that got hurt, like, the first game. He got first on game. the fir- opening game. kickoff. Yeah. Kickoff. Yes. And then yeah. we, we also drafted um, Kel- <laughs> Kelvin Harmon. Last year. And we don't know what we're going to get out of McLaurin, but safely, the two guys I know that are one unequivocally unequivocally going to make this roster are only two guys, and that's Paul Richardson, and that's Trey, Trey Quinn. Quinn. Uh, there has there have been some rumors about Josh Doxson, um, which do not surprise me. He's coming in a contract year, and it just he seems like the a good player drafted by the wrong team, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And maybe if uh, we're, we receive some kind of trade compensation, then uh, great. Then we can get something back for him. Um, trade I for think, Ryan Graves. I think a lot up. of that depended on what we were going to get out of Terry McLaurin, because you know going into this season, it looked like Josh Doxson was going to be on the opposite side of Paul Richardson. But mm-hmm. um, I haven't heard his name much um, this training camp. Have you guys, Josh? Yeah, Josh. No, no, no. It's all been. <laughs> It's all the young guys. Yeah. Sims, Davis. Trey. Terry. Terry. So you hear Terry all the time. You don't see him. You don't see him. You hear him. Don't see him. It's mm-hmm. like the wind. The wind. Uh, I think Terry's also a lock to make the team, though. I think, I'd say there's three. Yeah, excuse me. Yes, that would be three. Terry's yeah. a lock. My, my bad. Is Josh a lock? That's what I was just I'm not. I, I'm not putting him as an automatic lock. Okay. Not to get cut by any means, but to be on the team. Because I don't think he's not going to get cut. If if he's not on the team, it's because we trade him. Okay. Okay. So let's see. Uh, some other things that kind of stood out for me so far. Um, one, and I, I tweeted this during the first quarter. Uh, John Bostic, not Joe Bostic, as Joe Theismann said. <laughs> God, he's so bad. Joe he's was terrible. struggling. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Um, Kenny was just giving him softballs, and he was just butchering them. <laughs> uh, John Bostic can play, man. Everywhere. He man. was on every Everywhere. single play. He, Everywhere. Which confuses me, because why is he on like his fifth or sixth team? Because it, it looks like he's a good football player. Didn't we say the same thing about, uh, what's his face? Mason Foster? No. Um, Zach Brown? Zach Brown. Yeah. Yeah, but for that one year, he really was everywhere. Oh, yeah. he was everywhere. So I thought... Jo- uh, I thought John Bostic was impressive. My concerns outside of the offense and specifically the offensive line is definitely inside linebacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're doing doing a great job of setting up, well, at least tonight in the the uh, first team defense, great job setting the Bengals up for third and long, but they got every single one, Mm -hmm. which is always the case. 
Always our, our opponents get all the third and longs. We never get them. That's fine. Never, ever. Uh, and every single one was converted across the middle. Absolutely. Right in front or yeah. behind the middle linebackers. And you, you know who was at fault for that a couple times also? And I, I mentioned it was Troy Apke. Troy Apke. Who Apke. Just, he, we got to figure it out. And he, he doesn't seem I know. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't see it either. Uh, Sean Deanna Hamilton was Troy. out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and now uh, Harvey Clevin's. Apparently he's fine. He, uh, he, came, oh, okay. back. he came back. He yep. came back. Because last I saw was a like concussion. And that was concussion and knee. That was actually yeah. the second guy that stood out to me. Yeah. yeah and this good. is another third-year guy, um, seventh-round pick. He was a converted safety. And he was really going to play with a role that Sua Cravens was supposed to be playing and that dime cleaner. linebacker. Mm-hmm. And he's been impressive. He seems, he's gotten a lot bigger, and he seems uh, comfortable in, uh, attacking the run. And I think he can match up with some of these tweener type of pass catchers mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, those highly athletic tight ends or something like that. Uh, he's been impressive. I think he, he is going to have a role in this team, especially on third third downs, yeah. third and longs. Third and longs. Uh, because apparently linebackers are supposed to cover tight ends, which I still have yet to see in my um, lifetime. Apparently Cole Holcomb can do it. Have we, we get, seen Cole tonight? No. Tonight, no. Is he out? Do we, like, we know that? or I didn't even see anything. Yeah. Um, well, he doesn't have frostbite, so I guess so that's, that's a good, good. thing. <laughs> I love hard knocks so much. <laughs> um, Trey, you didn't even see <coughs> up. No, because he's a lock, baby. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if anything else. Um, well, then bef- my third concern would be defensive depth. Our starters are great, mm-hmm. but Fantastic. then, and I think I heard this on Grant and Danny earlier this week. You know, these backups that were just these names that were just. Tossing out right now, like, um, oh. um, like DRC, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Harvey Clemens, mm-hmm. Troy Apke, you know, Greg Stroman. These guys are gonna have to play snaps this year. I mean, mm-hmm. it just always happens, you yep. know. Josh Norman, Quentin Dunbar, Landon Collins—they all have injury history, and I mean, it's just unrealistic to think they're gonna play every snap for all sixteen games. Mm-hmm. These guys are gonna have to play downs and significant downs at time. And are they? Good enough to be able to, you know, pinch in, hit in, in some ways. And I don't think so. I don't, really. I'm so. It seems, like, and I know it's it's tough because it's a preseason game. You know, the other team is trying on different things too. They've got not their starters in. They've got other guy whatever. But it just seems like, and tonight was the first night it really stuck out since the starters didn't play last week. But there was a huge drop off from starting defense to second team. Yeah, here and because second team got rolled. Here's where I'm. Yeah. Here's where I'm comfortable. And they did last week too. If mm-hmm. Where, here's where I'm comfortable in regards to depth on the defensive side of the ball. I'm okay at D corner. line. D line. I'm at corner. I'm okay at corner. Let's say Quentin Dunbar comes goes down with an injury again. I'm okay with putting Fabian Moreau on the outside or DRC or Greg Stroman, all of which have had experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Moreland. I'm, Jimmy. I'm, I'm okay with the depth, and they they've definitely that's been an emphasis on this team so far. Um, the same thing with defensive line. I think Tim Settle would probably start for the Redskins in every other year besides this one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? He had a great night tonight. Yeah, he, did. he came in. He was every stuck. time he plays, he he does well. Mm-hmm. So I I would add defensive line. But then when we talk about our pass catcher, um, sorry, pass rushers, inside linebackers, and my biggest question mark is what if Monte Nicholson doesn't work out? I know he had his uh, had a pick six today thanks to Deron Payne. You got um, them, right? But you know if if Monte Nicholson doesn't work out, uh, we're in trouble because there's no one on this roster that could really Yeah, do the anything. depth is definitely... If that's, especially if it's Troy Apke. Yeah, the, the depth is definitely a concern up the middle outside from the, the line. Mm-hmm. 
inside linebacker and safety. Because, again, one of those guys goes down. And, I mean, even those guys were getting burnt on whoa, on third and longs. <laughs> and we cut our starting inside linebacker. Yes. <laughs> we did. The day before and training also, I camp. mean, it's also, yeah, it's not entirely these guys' fault because he, uh, yeah, they cut Mason Foster. Um, Ruben Foster got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be. Those two, a right? completely different yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look. We were talking about these guys as backups now, but now they're yeah. we cut we cut Zach Brown because of Ruben Foster, I thought. Or maybe or maybe he would have been cut anyways. Did we cut him or did we let him? We walk? cut him. Well, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, those are three guys that you know, at one point early on in this offseason we were expecting to that's play terrible. a lot of snaps and be starting, sure. and now that's thrust with the, with everything that's happened between the three of them. That's thrust these guys that are now backups. Maybe even, I mean, I, I like what I've seen from Cole Holcomb, but maybe even force them to draft him. Mm-hmm. Um, and now guys that were supposed to be backups are going to be thrust in the starting role. And yep. I, it's concerning because, again, they seem like they great at stopping the run. That's that's They've done a great job, like you said. Um, what's his name? It was all over the place. Uh, Bostic was all over the place on, yeah. on the run. But it seemed like they get beaten to pass a lot, and that's concerning. Nothing we're not used to, right? That's true. <laughs> but that's what we're concerned about. Is it so hard? But to look at that. Ask, look though? at that defensive line. Look at. I know. Look, just look at. You know, just, this is look a, just look this at is it. Look no at, point if they are just in the backfield at all. It won't times. fucking matter. Yeah. Look, look at Jonathan Allen running down. Can that we just screen. talk about that pick six? Who were the first two people lead blocking? Port. What? Well, it was. What? I don't know. Oh, he's texting me. Yeah. Um. It was Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. Yes, the guy who yo Sweat the ball. was stride for stride, and who was right behind Monte him? Monte Nicholson, safety, uh, that, safety, and the fastest guy on the defense. Really? And, yeah, the, yeah, that's what they were saying. Hmm. The three, the three fucking D linemen are at are, are running all down, down the field I in a preseason game for a pick six. Jonathan Allen, Captain. just follow that man. Someone give that man a C. Follow him. Put yep. that C right on his left chest. They asked him yes, what, please. about his expectations. I don't have expectations. I just have standards. I was oh. like, God, I fucking love you. <laughs> like, he goes, I have standards for myself. I was like, oh, my God. Here's a contract extension now. Where's my? Where's that wall? I'll run through it for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> he ru- he runs down lo- like running backs like it's nothing. I'm like, how? How are you this big? Ba- and Deron Payne even has speed. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. This is a freak, freak D-line. This has the works of being something special. It, oh yeah, it really and does. It's, it's fucking crazy, and I think it it's definitely guarded enough local attention. We know that's our strength. That's where this is the year. But at, at this point, I'd want to see a league wide level of respect. Like, hey, these guys can play. Yeah, I'm telling and, you, it's gonna happen. It's this gonna, year. Ha- it's gonna have right. to happen because yeah. they're like, Yo. and then I think it's, we're gonna get noticed this year, and then next year is gonna be like elite, elite status if it doesn't even happen this year. Yeah, and Maybe then pick up some actual middle line. I mean, the Redskins yeah. haven't had That'd a good nice. have, haven't had a good defense in oh seven. <laughs> yeah, since <laughs> Greg Williams was our defensive coordinator, yep. Greg mm-hmm. Blotch, excuse me, Blotch. That over ten years ago. Blanche. Uh, yeah, so. that was like just in the top ten. Every time they handed that ball off, I was like, run, run up the middle. Go ahead. Watch what happens. <laughs> See what happens. Challenge him. <laughs> I, challenge him. <laughs> And it's just Deron Payne swallows you. Jonathan Allen swallows you. Okay. Montez Sweat. You are running, f- you running are over fly. you. I can't wait to see him when he's, once he, he starts going. He looked good. Hey. He did against a run. Did he make that? Holy oh, shit. 57-yard <laughs> field goal for the Bengals kicker. Good for you, bud. Okay. Um, all right. Um, 
Sorry, go ahead. Are we wrapping up the skin stock? No, not yet. We're almost okay. done, though. Okay. And I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, all right. I mean, look at the notes. Can Jimmy Moreland repeat? Or no, it's not he got, he Let's got, talk about... Hmm. He got targeted a little bit today. A little bit. Didn't I don't think he got exposed, me. though. He got exposed a little bit. I mean, yeah. just... Oh, well, I mean, I meant like... It's, I don't it's think just it, what's going to happen. I don't think... I'm not worried about no, that at all. You're right. I'm, I wasn't... like. Yes, yeah, I, I meant exposed and being like, oh, this guy actually can't play. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I think... This was, it was bound to happen. I mean, he's still gonna make the roster. I feel like. I think. I think he's absolutely making the roster. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the last thing I want to mention about it's this game, corner, and I know we're <laughs> keep on speaking about concerns. The officiating today. Oh my god! Good lord! Oh my god! So bad. It it was terrible. And Ed, I feel like we talked about officials. A lot. Yeah, you better. You better. I guess the steroids. So, so first off, the penalty against Josh Norman was not correct. Atrocious. Um, Josh he, had going for the ball. Yes, he, arms wide open, going he, for the ball. Arms wide. And nice. That was ridiculous. And it, I think what there were f- six penalties on the first eight plays or something ridiculous. Yep. It was just absurd. Mm-hmm. And I remember from last year that the refs were really, really ticky tack in the preseason, which mm-hmm. I feel like they're just trying to clean up the game until the regular season starts. But um, if this is any indication of what it's going to be like... That's what I'm saying. Um, Please, no. Yeah. It's going to be it, a long year. It is. And then now you, you can throw flags on P.I., which is just... Um, oh, it's going to be bad. You mean you can challenge them? Yeah, like yeah. red flags. Yeah. It's going to be... I think it's... It's going to uh, be very that's slow. That's why I was sitting there watching... The, it. There was 12 flags between both teams before the 10-minute mark of the first of It the was game. insane. It was absurd. It was... Oh my god! These games are going to last forever, and the players are going to hate it. The coaches are going to hate it. It's going to be, it could be a very bad season for the officials again. Again, and I'm sick of talking about it. Like I, I do you feel bad for them? I, I just, I mean, I, kind of. It's a fast paced game. It's, I mean, I think I've said this before. These guys, these athletes are so good at what they do. They move at such. A, they're so big, so strong. They move at such a fast pace. I mean, it's like almost impossible to see what it. I mean, you have, you have these superhuman. Like they're so good at what they do. This game is such a fast-paced, mm-hmm. physical game. It's hard to make mm-hmm. a split decision on the spot. Was that a penalty? Was that not? And and the other thing too is that they've been well. They're supposed supposedly supposedly trained to only like you know like in basketball only call a foul if you're 100 percent sure it's a foul. If there's yeah. any question, probably not. A, you know, don't. Yeah. Don't throw the flag. and But we're seeing it all the time, and then every single time the replay shows that wasn't even close. And it, a lot of it seems like they're out of position. They don't know the actual rules. Like Ed Hockley's son called, what was the penalty he called today that I didn't even know was a penalty call? Like ripping off of the helmet, but like no one's helmet, lifting of the helmet or something. I don't even see it was on the one. punt return, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All the dude, I mean, it was a penalty because he grabbed. Whoever oh, the Redskins is still in. Whoever the Redskins yeah. player was returning it, he grabbed his helmet, but like he called it like lifting the penalty. He's like, is that even a penalty call? I don't know. It, I, I, it does not seem good it's for just, the referees. It, it doesn't. It's confusing. Um, uh, Bobby, I like that analogy. And I, I, in my job, one of the cardinal rules is you can never assume. Always yeah. make sure you know the right. fact. Because with the you know assumptions obviously aren't guaranteed, and I just feel like the, just in general the officials are just making a lot of assumptions that 
you know that, that Josh Norman plays a perfect example. And and even yeah. he just assumed he lowered his I, head. I, yep. I got the Jonathan Allen, Jonathan Allen personal foul. It was a little bit. It was after the whistle. But the running back. Yeah, but there was, was a little bit of an embellishment by the running back. Very too. much yes. because the replay shows he like pushed. He him. like just moves him a little bit. And with then his he left tripped. Arm. He yeah. tripped over his own foot. Mm. And so he made the official made the assumption. Oh, Jonathan Allen just wow, pushed him to the ground. Yeah, that's a foul. Yeah, and so it's just. They're definitely in a, in a conundrum. I I just feel like year after year, this is, you know, we're we're talking about this, and I feel like they're under a microscope for yeah. every single thing. And if it wasn't for a terrible officiating call in last year's NFC Championship, yeah, then this whole debate and pass interference. I mean, they made they changed the rules. Yeah, because of in that my call. opinion, just because of that call, they definitely did. That that was the reason they did mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, the, back to the Josh Norman call, like the out of, like the guy, the referee who threw the flag was the one behind the play, and you, the replay from in front of the play, you clearly see Josh Norman going after the ball, and he hit the receiver with his shoulder pad, not the not his helmet. Yep. And the guy from the referee behind, you can't, you have no way of knowing, you can't see that, you're not in position to throw that flag again. You're assuming. That Josh Norman hit him with his helmet, a defenseless receiver. One, does a tip, you know how like a tip ball there's no pass interference or anything? Mm-hmm. Does a tip ball count like that the same if the like the player, the receiver tips it, right? Yeah. Because like if to me it was like it, he yeah. bobbled it, yeah. And to me it's back up in the air, so now it's a that's free a 50, for 50 all, ball. right? And Josh is just going after it. If he hits him helmet to helmet, that's not on him because he has every right to that ball, right? He's just trying to get to the ball. It's not like he's maliciously going after the receiver with the crown of his helmet, which he didn't even do in the first place, but whatever. So, I mean, it's just the fact that the referees Ooh. who – that's what really bothers oh. me. You, you can get a – well, goodbye. <laughs> Please tell me the Redskins are giving Please up. Please, Tresh, wait, get Is out of the Is that that guy again? No. Nope. Sheehy.com. <laughs> we just gave up back-to-back punt returns for touchdowns. I believe four Redskins tripped over themselves. And one um, actually looked like you – he might be down. Um, special teams continues to be an issue. It always will be yep, an issue. Is that, that? Please don't be Fabian Moreau. 31. Fabian Moreau. Motherfucker. Or maybe it's another 31? Hopefully. We had, oh, boy. Oh, and back-to-back games, I mean. Yeah. Um, is, is there a better indication right of... There. Oh, oh, I see it. Um, right, right there. <laughs> and that's terrible. Nope. So last week's punt return for a touchdown against the Redskins. It was that Cleveland Browns player that was apparently living on the street yeah. just to get a tryout. Is there a... Light his way in. Yep. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> is is there a better proof of the rules than just what happened for rule number one? Rule number one. We're a cure-all. You're a cure, we are a cure-all. You're, you're living on the street. You're welcome. We got you. Go sign with the team. The Look at that team. guy. You kidding me? Yeah, he looks like he was 18. <laughs> right? He looks like Field Yates' younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> he nice. does. That nice pull. Nice pull. Um, speaking of Field Yates, that is an excellent transition, Ian. Huh. I did <laughs> finally want to get into a little bit of fantasy football. Oh yeah. And again, this Hold is. On, a, can we get pulled on for this? Because he only has a couple. He only has like a fifteen-minute window where he can call. Sure, I'll call. Okay. Just remind him that I'm the, I'm the people's champ. All right, we'll do. Where is he? You can continue with your topic introduction. So you know, it's this is going to be. We're not going to be discussing strategy here. Just. More of just a general conversation about where um, about current running backs and how that's tied into fantasy football and just um, for their franchises oh. in general. Hold on to your butts, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Gregory. What's up, Boner? 
We just got so, into we just got ta- into talking about uh, fantasy football. Ooh! Can you hear everybody? I'm excited. Yeah, right, yeah, cool. I can hear. Can you hear me if I, go, if I just talk like this? Yep. Cool. So, all right, Porter. I know you are picking early in both of our respective leagues. Apparently. <laughs> See, I want to I want to explain why this is the best time to have an early pick. And the re- you keep saying that, but I don't know if, how much I believe it. Hear me I'll out. Take your word for Hear it. me out. Because there are two running backs that would be unquestionably uh, in the first round, but they are still not in training camp. With Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys, right. says he good. will he will <laughs> not he will not play until he has a new contract. And he was probably I mean if he was on if he was healthy right now he would be a top four pick at the absolute minimum. Yep. Um, second to that is Melvin Gordon, who is also excellent right. in his own right. Mm-hmm. He's requested a trade. I wouldn't say he's in that same core as McCaffrey and Kamara, Zeke Elliott, but he's up there. He, he was more of like a late round first, most likely. At least mm-hmm. that's where his average draft position was prior. And we're just seeing at, so it is incredibly advantageous to people picking earlier in the rounds because afterwards, um, where you know, Melvin Gordon would have been available. That's not the case. So now you're seeing everyone else kind of be leapfrogging ahead of him. Same with Zeke Elliott. Yep. Yep. I mean, you're not. And because of what happened last year, there, there is proof that if you cannot hit on your first round pick, the chances of you being able to sustain, sustain success throughout the season is absolutely minimal. Who, who draft Porter? Did you draft Le'Veon Bell last year? Anyways, who? Whoever. Yes, yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, for people that, for those that drafted Le'Veon Bell, they were screwed, and I, I think there was a lot to learn about that last year. And the reason why is everyone he was still picked in the first round. I believe he was a top three pick. It was him or Todd Gurley as pick one or two. Um, I'm. What's going on? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna FaceTime Porter on this. Okay. All right, Porter, call right back. Okay. Okay. Bye. Sorry, go ahead. So, I think there was a lot to learn. Oh, I could have done the cup. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, hey! Much better. And now you're all big and sexy like. Oh, 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 oh. No, point me at Ian. Of course I'm pointing you at me. Come on now. <laughs> I'm putting you right in your seat. Nice. <laughs> How do you? Just imagine us playing footsie. I, I always do. I got <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See, now it feels like a show for me. So, <laughs> do I look like? Oh, you don't like Big Bang Theory? I was gonna say I'm Sheldon when he's a when he's a robot. Good night, Kitty. Yeah, you can. You Carmen <laughs> catch that? You kind of do. What a catch! Damn, Kelvin. Um. Anyway, so I, I would say a lot of fantasy owners had a lot to learn last year for those who drafted Le'Veon Bell. At this time last year. Le'Veon was still not in training camp, and everyone was expecting him still to come back, and look what happened. Yeah. And for anyone that drafted Holy him, shit. we're screwed. Yeah. And so <laughs> people don't want to get burned again with the potential selections of Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, respectively. And, you know, the, the running back position as a whole has, I mean, the dynamic of it obviously has changed over the past decade, but... You know, just where do we, how can we properly value just because, you know, Todd Gurley, like, he was given a contract extension and then 
you know, one year into it, his last few weeks of the season, he was a shell of himself in which C.J. Anderson had more snaps over him. Yeah. And he outplayed he, him, and C.J. Anderson was cut by two teams And he might have cost him the Super Bowl. He might have. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing, too, especially in our leagues that are PPR, like – there are very, very few strict running backs that are like the Marshawn Lynch's that just fucking run the ball down the center and are like goal line people. In PBR, if you don't have a catching threat within that running back, it's and you know what I mean. Like, there's maybe two or three that are just flat out runners on a offensive line that can pull that off. Um, but if you don't have someone that's also in the passing game, that's 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 a critical thing for me. I usually, whenever I'm uh, picking i'm i'm very rarely in front and when i do i've always gotten a running back or uh, except for last year getting a wide receiver because the first time i did pick a running back first was uh fucking what's his name johnson from uh arizona david David johnson Johnson, (laughs) and i was the first pick he went down and i think i've luckily finished ninth that year Um, so i'm i'm always hesitant yeah you don't have good luck at the first because it's they don't uh, the consistent numbers of just being able like getting a a solid you know um wide receiver that's in the game all the time running or wide receiver one on a on a pass heavy team that's that's a money maker and unless that first round running back has that same ability on a team that you know, maybe you're looking for people that don't have the wide receiver threat and they're they're dumping the short passes. Like, that's an attractive uh, running back. But other than that, uh, like, my first pick is typically not a running back, and I'm scared always for that reason. And then it was supported by the fact with getting burned two years ago. But Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm still up in the air on how I'm going to Just, gonna just in, in general, running backs, really the goal for any NFL player, uh, I would say a realistic goal is I want to get a second contract. Yeah, because the second contract is when that's their big payday. Yeah. I mean, because only only a certain amount of players make a lot of money in their first four years, and those are only first round picks. Those are thirty two players. That's it. So getting that second contract, you know, sets them sets them and their families up for their you know for the rest of their lives. I mean, ideally, and so running backs are certainly in a. If I'm Zeke Elliott, if I'm Melvin Gordon, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, so on and so forth, I understand why. They want another contract mm-hmm. because they know they're playing a position that is continued to be devalued and devalued and devalued. <laughs> but for an example of, of the Chargers, Melvin Gordon's a really good player, right? Yes. Really good. First round pick. <laughs> Bless you. In, in the literal draft, he would most likely would have been a first round pick in uh, this year's fantasy draft, if, if not for his holdout. Um, in the four games that Melvin Gordon missed last year, uh, the Chargers went four and up. They they did just fine. They did just fine. And look what happened to the Steelers. They Le'Veon Bell didn't show up. They put in uh, James James Connor. His first name James. Yep. yep. James, they put in James Connor, and they don't bat an eye offensively. Yeah. And that it's boy can just play. yeah exactly. Yeah, and and that's the thing where, I mean, how do they? They just don't have any leverage. The running running backs just in general. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true, and so it's basically if any position that is really used and abused more than any other one, it's like we did with Alfred Morris. Well, he I mean, was, I was one. Gonna, of the, I was going to say what the Cowboys are doing with Alfred Morris. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott holding out. Fine, we'll yeah. bring Alf back, and yeah. he already bring knows the system, and mm-hmm. he's productive. Yeah, and it's we'll find another way. Right? Yeah, it's just life finds a way. Life finds a way. And then with with the Chiefs. Uh, 
Jugglepod. <laughs> uh, Kareem Hunt was really re- was an absolute steal for them over the past two years, and he gets cut <laughs> for what he did uh, due to domestic violence. They put in Dam- Damian Williams. They don't miss a beat again. And so it's just a position that uh, it feels like whoever, it's more relevant to the system that they play than the actual skill set. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of the Adrian Petersons in the world, just because he's going to be a Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah. Um, oh, that wasn't a catch? They ruled that back by... I'm, get, I'm uh, telling was, you, this is, is going to be a huge issue. Yeah. It, that was a, another it, bad call. Actually, I, mean, I agree with that one. He pulled. He was, so? he, had his, he was pulling him down by the jersey. Okay. He had a clear yank. Okay. I'm just, but either way, this... Challenging pass interferences is going to be... There's going to be a learning sh- curve for oh the first God. year. For sure. Anyways, for back, sure. To, back to... For fantasy. sure. Um, True. This is, a little, <laughs> this is a, a little off topic because... I could quote that all day. Oh, all day. day. <laughs> all day. Winston! Winston! <laughs> all day! Um, Wheelbarrow. 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 You should kiss a man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I mean, this is not really – I mean, I think, yeah, 100% running backs, their value is fantasy-wise or through the roof, but also how much they're because they're so easily replaced mm-hmm. on the actual football field for an actual football team. This is off topic sort of, but since you brought – I heard Damian Williams. So my roommate in the keeper league, 12-team league, try to follow me in the situation so I don't butcher this. Um, they're allowed to keep th- three. He is already oh, that keep. sucks. He's already keeping Three Travis. Keepers? Yeah, he's already. Oh. I don't know. Whatever. He's already keeping Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams, and he oh, was. Those are two good ones. Stuck between yep. Christian McCaffrey and you know whichever one you keep, you lose that draft pick for whichever round you drafted them in previously. Yeah. Right. So he's stuck between Christian McCaffrey, who we drafted in the first round, so lose his first round pick, or Damian Williams, who we got in the eighteenth round. Ah. So you giving you're so you're keeping Damien and giving up your 18th, or you're keeping What's Christian and giving up your first round. And he already knows his draft order. He's drafting 11th out of 12. So he, I'd, dude, I'd go see, with Damien. <laughs> I'd say Christian. I'm still going Christian. I'm still going Christian because even if he's 11 out of 12, then bang, he's got to pick two picks later. Right, and Christian McCaffrey is your quote unquote first. That's your first round. I'll take that all day. All day. So if he keeps Christian McCaffrey, he doesn't get to pick 11. No. So he'll pick. But he gets to pick the 13th. uh, Or the 14th, 14th, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah, 14th. Right? Yeah, Yeah, he'll pick 14th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fuck that. I'm I'm keeping Christian. First of all, how many keepers? He said three. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's fucking crazy. But that's also a sick team. Christian McCaffrey. That's what I'm saying. And then you have a top three running back, the number one tight end, and then a top three wide receiver. Every year. Like, no, that's. I was like, Adams Adams fucking killed it for me two years in a row. Yeah. I talked him into it. That's Rogers' number one. Christian McCaffrey. But I thought it was interesting questions because Damian Williams came on too hot. And then you're only sacrificing your 18th. But I was like, dude, you might, since you're pick, since you're. The snake draft, you might be able to get Damian Williams in the second or third round. Anyway, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So definitely keep Christian McCaffrey. That's what I'm saying. You're not you're not going to get Christian at 11. I think if it, you might get Damian Williams at 14th or whatever you're picking in the third round. If it was professionally, they probably would have gone the other, the Damian Williams route. Yeah. Just because you can get similar production Correct. for yep. like just a quarter of the value. Right. That's true. But I was like, I, 
Go with Christian. But this is going to be one of the more interesting fantasy drafts coming up just because of where because we stand with buff. with yeah. Zeke and, and Melvin Gordon. And so all three of those guys, I'm looking at a mock draft on ESPN. Zeke is going second. Still. Well, this is, I mean, there's a caveat being like this is assuming that everyone plays. And mm. this could obviously change if their holdouts continue closer to the regular season. So Zeke's going, so Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, Christian, Le'Veon Bell. Zeke's going second. Melvin Gordon's going 10th, mm-hmm. the eighth running back off the show. And then who was the third running back holding out? Well, the year before was oh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. And so. now he's still projected as a first-round pick, despite not playing Number last five. year and on a new team with a much, much, much inferior offense. Yeah. God damn it. I gotta just look at Bobby. It's like he's here, distracting me. I know he victory. I know he hasn't had. He doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, no shirts around here. No, I'm no. butt naked. <laughs> butt naked. He probably is. You would be. I mean, man's in his own home. He can do whatever. Well, damn home. straight. Just the dog. I mean, I thought just this was America. America. Oh, yeah, it's America. <laughs> uh, Porter, what no. number are you picking in brews? Uh, I think four. Second? I'm picking fourth. Oh, and Bruce and Dudes? Uh, oh, I don't... Uh, no, second. No. I I think... I'm top top four somewhere. I'm not one. Maybe I'm... I don't know. You're top four. You, you, you have a top four pick in both leagues. Yeah. And I'm last pick in both. Oh. <laughs> and normally... But actually, in, in the other one, in 10, I... You know what? Fuck. I'm, I'm excited about last and both. I, normally, I would just but. With all of these three variables where Le'Veon Bell, I have yeah, no idea what these... that's going to turn into. I don't know about the Zeke and Melvin Gordon situation. Yeah, what happens um, if you take those three guys out of the first yeah, round? Everyone slides uh, up. Odell is still going to be one of the top receivers picked, but he's going to a new team on a loaded roster where there's a lot of balls that need to be shared. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's just a lot of dynamic players, factors, that uh, it's just going to be such a risk. And really, the one of the... If you want to look at one of the best outcomes for fantasy, it is minimizing that risk week by week. Mm-hmm. And yes, if let's say it, Zeke Elliott comes back and he falls to someone in the second round, that's a steal of the century. Yeah. Sorry, I got to sidetrack. This Mark Sheriff has Michael Thomas as the number six wide receiver. What? Michael Who? Thomas as the number six wide who's, receiver. Who's above? DeAndre Hopkins, uh, for sure. Devontae Adams. Juju Smith-Schuster. J- no. O- no. Odell, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. I get all of those besides Smith-Schuster. Well, Julio sucks. <laughs> he's also hurt, isn't he? He's pretty good. Yeah, he's probably got turf toe again. <laughs> I would just say from a sheer like a volume perspective, lover. I mean, who else is going to catch passes for the Saints? Yeah. But, yeah. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, come out just for fantasy. Victory! God so, damn. Um, 0.04. <laughs> Never forget. We are uh, coming up on the hour, hour mark right now. Um, we're going to skip over Maryland football again. Sorry, Terps. Jerseys yeah. look sick, though. Those jerseys, oh, those man, homecoming those jerseys look sick. silly. Porter, did you get oh, that? All of, my, all of my Maryland shit came in. I was just going to ask. Uh, the polos, dope as shit. Yeah. That sweatshirt thing, returning that immediately. The sleeveless one? Yeah, no. Do you get- <laughs> one, it wasn't a, one, it wasn't a sweatshirt. It was basically like lacrosse shorts fashioned into a fucking... That was, that's perfect for you. A it's a warm-up. It's not a sweatshirt. You'd think that. No, uh, we, we thought exactly what it is. No, we know, I, I know thought, what exactly I, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
I did not pay close enough attention to the details. Well, yeah, give it, give like it a, to me. I want that thing. It's like a workout. <laughs> I'll buy it from you. It's like a workout warm-up shirt. Yeah. It's not supposed yeah. to be a sweatshirt. Did you buy a lax penny? <laughs> no, they don't make those anymore. Huh. Just kidding. You thought it was a you thought it was a sweatshirt? Just I with thought, the sleeves cut off. It was like a like a lightweight sweatshirt. I didn't realize the material. Man, it's like a sweater vest. It's, it's just pointless. Yeah. No, they're fine, man. <laughs> it's a very narrow cold it, front it, they, coming they, in. They, right <laughs> they look dope. <laughs> they look they look it, sick. It does look very cool. Well, Porter, glad all you got. Are you gonna buy the new one, the white one? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, you are, buddy. Yeah, you I are. Put, I put both those on. They fit perfectly, and they just like they. They look really, really good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you get your Penn happy. State tickets yet? No, I have not. Are you? Uh, we're going to the waiting. tailgate. I'll probably. We'll just do the tailgate, I'm, bud. I'm more likely to tailgate than I am to actually go to the game. Hell yeah! Um, as long as you're in the vicinity. Yeah, well, I, one. I, as long as we get sent to you. Are Umos allowed? Uh, Umos are not allowed. Okay, Emily's that's allowed. fair. Emily's, Emily's allowed. hundred percent. Emily's allowed. always allowed. Yeah, she's a brown. <laughs> True. Okay. Elaine's allowed. Browns are allowed. Browns are allowed. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we won't say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. I was like, poop? Well, their last names are those un- un- unaware. Yeah. Fear, uh, Fear the Turtle? Fear the Turtle. Um, yeah. All right, Gregory, we'll let you go. Thanks for hopping on for a, a hot yeah. sec. Yeah, love you guys. Sorry Is that it? There. You're, leaving all, you're leaving already? Just in for a quickie. <laughs> and I feel so unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> In and out, you baby. That, you do that voice so well. <laughs> it's all from Pay you, baby. That man. <laughs> Pay that man. Pay that man. His money. money. Right. All right, See you, bud. See you, Greg. Love you, bud. Bye, buddy. Love loves, loves. Bye-bye. And there he goes. <laughs> so um, we're going to end up on uh, end with a little bit of baseball talk. I wanted to start with the the Baltimore Orioles. Ooh. Then, down, the then go up the yard. Baltimore yeah, was, Orioles. Um, there is a national baseball writer, reporter, whatever they're called, that's out there that is um, commented on the Orioles a couple times. Use his name, John Heyman. John Heyman. He's a dick. Fuck John um, Heyman. And at the same time, he's not alone in his thoughts. There are other people that are, are critical to teams tanking. And, you know, I, I understand that. I understand that sentiment where you, how could you, you're running a professional franchise with professional athletes. How could you intentionally lose games? I, I get that at its, I don't know, at its core, mm-hmm. the at the f- same time. The philosophy. Um, you know, we've seen rebuilds with the Wizards. We've seen rebuilds with the Caps. You're watching a rebuild with the Orioles as we speak. Oh, yeah. And I saw this with the Nats, too, um, t- 10 years ago. It was... The, the you know, Astros? Yeah, and so... Our blueprint? Jesus Christ. And Bryce we've talked... Grand Slam walk-off. Yeah. Really, I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah, and he, like, sprinted around the base... He's he's turning it on right now. Oh, I just got that update. Yeah. So, um, thoughts on the the whole John Heyman thing? He, I feel like he's just being. I know you've talked about this too. He's just being a dick, and um, yeah, he's he's. Well, he called out before he started bashing what they're doing. He called out the like Orioles media, the Orioles beat. Being like, I feel sorry for those guys who have to cover them. And it's like, dude, we don't need your pity. <laughs> like, this is actually, all things considered, been a fun team to cover. There are so many random, like, cool storylines. Renato Nunez the other day going five for five yep. against the Yankees. Um, 
Santanda. John Means. Uh, this year is so much better than last year. And oh, I bet. Uh, it's it's night and day. When, well, when your expectations are to the level that it's a, like, yeah. you're, you're not expecting yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. Last year, year I wanted the playoffs. Yeah. That did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But for, for a guy, I mean, it's just, and apparently, you know, off, like behind the scenes, John Heyman isn't actually a bad guy. He's just a guy who, you know, he's a New York guy. He's in New York. He wants to be talking about the Yankees 24-7. He wants to be talking about the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cubs. He wants to be talking about good teams. And he wants people, he wants attention. That's all he wants. And it's just sad that you have to pick on the Orioles to get your attention when you're a nationally known baseball writer. And you just can sit here and shit on the Orioles and say it's bad for baseball. What they're doing is bad for baseball. They shouldn't be allowed to play in the major leagues. But then you're jerking off the Astros in a separate tweet. And Bless you. Thank you. I love Astro Ball. Well, it's the same fucking thing. How the thing. fuck yeah. do you think that happened? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think they got their World Series from? Like, they're doing the exact... It's literally the same blueprint. And the same guy. I don't even think it's tanking. It's just rebuilding. There's yeah. a they're, not, they're not even in last place. Exactly. They're not tanking. Uh, I, they're just bad. They're just not good. With a bad farm system. And then, and then trade... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Duquette. And this is trade away the good players. This is cyclical. You They're actually like a game and a half from last place now. So they're right I back know. into it. <laughs> thank you, Yankees. <laughs> yes. Very, Fuck you, but thank you. Very Two few teams can remain good throughout the years. There's going to be a rebuild. I mean, even the Yankees retooled a number of years they ago. They did. Yeah. And look at them now. Yeah. And so it's it's to me the the concept of tanking is brought up very often in basketball. And there's a number of teams doing it in Major League Baseball now, too. You don't really see it in the NFL just because, quite simply, there's not enough games, in my opinion. You see that yeah. with hockey, too. And, and it's always of debate. And I know when you don't, you just, it's a professional sport. You don't want to see such level of putridness, if that's a word. But uh, you can maybe point in football to the Raiders in yeah, terms of yeah. trading off all their assets to get. Draft picks and now have maybe just control. from an outsider. We're gonna have a shit ton more next year too. You know, in addition to that, just outsider's perspective because the Redskins have never truly embraced any kind of right. rebuild and they've never admitted to it or anything like that. So maybe it's and just it really harder for me to see that. Um, anyways, I, I just my thoughts on tanking. Good for you. You you are you know billionaires owners and general managers do not like being told that they're wrong. They don't like being told that. Your product is really, really bad. Well, the reason why you're rebuilding is because your product was terrible. Whether players, whether it's bad contracts, players just, you know, there's injuries, are they just, they retired, something. It's going to happen. It happens to every single team, the majority of them, that is. Mm. I don't look down on tanking. And if anything, I, I admire it that, you know, you have a realistic expectation of where your team is going to be at. And we're going to build our team organically through the draft and you know, act accordingly from there. Yeah. Because so many teams, and we've witnessed it as you know, Wizards fans, as Redskins fans, just we, we have a front office, we have an ownership that have an unrealistic idea of how good these teams are. Mm-hmm. And we're stuck in the mud. If, so my question would be, what are the Orioles supposed to do then? If they're not going to quote-unquote tank? No, and because it's not the. Pl- I mean, and you're also in an impossible situation in the American League East with the with the amount that the Red Sox and Yankees. Well, look what they year. did last year with a quote unquote good team. It's also a lower third payroll. Mm-hmm. 
they lost 115 games. Yeah, they did. So <laughs> it's like, okay, you they tried to be competitive last year and didn't work out. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. So now you completely just, but all right, now we're a bad team. We've gotten to this point where we're a bad team now. Let's try to rebuild this the right way. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to. I'm calling it a rebuild. I'm not calling what the Orioles are doing tanking because I won't call. I it. see these guys play every. They play hard. That's that's, they, that's they're that's not why playing I to can't lose. Call it a tank because Brandon High doesn't play to lose. No. I've heard from a number of Orioles fans, you two included, that this has kind of been refreshing. It has where they play small ball. Mm-hmm. They play great defense. The pitching has been bad, but I mean we but knew we're, that we're used to that. We're used to that. Um, we have a forward-thinking GM and manager using analytics. The guys are getting accustomed to it. We have, you know, the farm teams are doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. They're making playoffs. They have, there are guys going up and down, up and up more up the system than down. Um, it's they're doing everything right. I mean, again, you know, they're not just. I felt like, you know, and no one wanted to say it. It's it's hard. It was hard to say. It was hard to. Um, Say goodbye to Manny Machado. Well, that, but it was hard to like admit last year. But like at times, it just seemed like they didn't want to be. They were like, "Wow, we're so I don't want to be here." I, I really feel and like that's not the case this year. That's like the, they're trying. That's the operative operative word is when the general manager and owner, whoever's making decisions, they finally just admit that this is not working. Yeah, and you know, few GMs, and more so now. I mean, if this were ten years ago, that would never would have happened. Yeah. Um, is that I, the Bryce Harper Grand Slam? Yeah, oh, God, and, and he did. He crushed that fucking uh, thing. That went up a deck. Um, yeah, I, I just, I admire it, and you know, we as Wizards fans, are we going to be witnessing this ourselves? Yeah, I, I like. Well, that's true too. I like the the thought thought process, the idea that you know, Brandon Hyde's job is day to day. His job is to try to go out there. With the players that he's given and try to win every day, Michael Elias's job is five years down the line, mm-hmm. four years down the line. Yep. His job is to bring in players, trade off assets, acquire players that could be contributing to this team in three, four, five years, mm-hmm. and feeling a competitive team. He is trying to get, trying to trade off players that no longer have value toward this organization it's, or not, are not part of that plan in order to get players that it's are. the exact formula is what the Astros are doing. And it's, it's weird. like very weird. And again, it's I can't call it tanking or whatever John Heyman called it mm-hmm. when you see these guys run out. You know, take the other day. I mean, against the, against the Yankees, they were down like 11 to 4 in like the 8th and ninth inning and they cut it to 3. They... they Play. That's the team they that doesn't. To play. That's the team that's tanking. Why would they continue putting together solid at bats late in the game where they're getting blown out? I mean, nope. It's just it, it's it's also to me. It's also you're picking on. You're a guy who has mainly covered major market teams your entire career. You're a guy who's known for covering the sport nationally, and you're just picking on one of the worst teams that's also in one of the smallest markets. Mm-hmm. It's like why why waste your breath because he wants attention and. I think people should stop giving him pension because that's what he wants by tweeting all this crap out. Um, and and it's also funny that, you know, you tweet back at him, you yell at him, he just blocks you. He has not <laughs> responded to anyone who is responding to him. He's he's not open, He's not opening or starting a conversation. He's just putting his thoughts out there because he knows he's going to get a rise out of people. Yep. Sure. Hot takes. If he actually believed or cared about what he was saying, he would 
push back a little bit when people push back to him. You know, he would fight back, defend himself. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't like it. We haven't. All he said is, I don't approve. I don't like it. Why? What's your. I don't think it's bad for baseball. Well, you know, so are terrible umpires. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been really bad this year. So now, I, I admire teams that so are. So are willing, national writers that look like assholes. I admire teams <laughs> that are willing to rebuild. And I admire teams that are willing to put all their chips in and go for it. I I think you want to talk to anyone on the Raptors, talk to Raptors fans, one and done with Kawhi Leonard. Was it worth it? Worked out pretty well. 100%. Worked out pretty well. So it's those in the middle that are, you know, really just more and more frustrating. And it's because of this. Wizards. Mythology, this idea, this philosophy of building teams. It's why there's been the most turnover in baseball than any other sport. They haven't had a back-to-back champion since 99-2000, the Yankees, Yankees, and every other sport has. Wow. And that time frame has had a back-to-back champion. I, I didn't know, know that. that. Well, th- well, think about it. The Penguins yeah. did it in hockey. Yeah. The, the Giants The Giants only went on even years. Right. <laughs> Correct. Baseball. Yeah. Right? So they did one three in six years, but not back-to-back. But not yeah. back-to-back. Wow. The Red Sox have won, what, four mm-hmm. since then? I mean, there are have, there have been repeat champions, but no back-to-back. You know, there mm-hmm. have been no quote-unquote, like, you the know, only winning constant three is out of four or winning back. Like, the only constant's been the Dodgers going to the World Series three years in a row, two years in a row, and losing, and and losing, losing both. But true. So it's it's because of this philosophy that you know we're having this rotation of teams becoming good. You know, mm-hmm. teams like the Brewers taking the Dodgers to seven the, games, seven games in the NLCS. Teams like you know the Cubs who were bad for so long finally becoming relevant again mm-hmm. and winning a World Series. Teams like the Indians doing the same, getting to the World Series. It's Look because at, of this philosophy. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, we'd be stuck like football. I mean, we love football, but every year it's the Patriots and it's, you know, name that dynasty team the, from the NFC. Saints, Eagles, mm-hmm. Packers, wh- whoever. The, the fucking Giants. Now the Rams, the Giants, yeah. you know. So, and for a while it was like the Patriots and the Colts. You know, it's, I think this is, this philosophy is actually good for baseball because we're getting these smaller markets are able to now compete with the larger well, markets. Well, look what happened. The Kansas City Royals won a That's few years ago. That's another perfect example. Yeah. It's a smaller market. Yep. that were, They were in the doldrums They made back-to-back World Series. You're right. Yeah, because they lost the first year. Yeah, they lost to the Giants in seven, and then they crushed the Mets. So, I mean, also think about think about all the teams. Hold on, I have it right here, the standings. Think about all the teams that are now, quote-unquote, rebuilding or, quote-unquote, tanking. Look, the bottom of the league, uh, Detroit, Baltimore, they both played in the postseason within the last five years. Yep. Baltimore made to a uh, uh, ALCS. Kansas City's so the, the next the team. Kansas City's the next team. Um, yeah, the Tigers made back-to-back World Series, I believe, in the early 2010s, right? Yeah. Uh, Miami, I don't think they made the playoffs since their last no, World Series. No, but they, they had some studs on that team. Uh, yeah, heard, heard Toronto has made it. And <laughs> the majors. Toronto has made um, – Seattle, no, I don't think. Toronto has made an ALCS. Pittsburgh has made the playoffs a couple of times. The Rockies have made the playoffs a couple of times. The White Sox no, San Diego no, but, since, but you get the point. Like yeah. the bottom, like the the worst of the worst right now within well, the past fluctuation of years have made have been relevant, have made the postseason, have yeah. had good teams. So, I mean, again, and then you look at teams like the the Phillies, the Braves, the Twins, the Indians, yeah. the, again the Cubs, the Rays now, the A's, the, the all teams that were trashed ten years ago are now two years ago. The Phillies and Braves were terrible. Remember yeah. how good we were with uh, Dusty's last year? Right. We just from game just one walked. to game one sixty two, it walked. was easy. Right. And um, you know, two, here we are now. They're both in playoff contention. Well, yeah. Certainly, the Braves are. The um, Astros too. I mean, it's just 
I, he's just so incredibly wrong. Yeah. And he just wants attention, and I'm done getting And I, I don't think rebuilding's bad for any professional sport. That's no. just, I mean, for... As long as you have, like, a plan. And especially when you have the rich teams like the Yankees, like the Lakers, like the Red Sox, like the Cowboys, and so on and so forth, how can you... You're not going to be able to sign free agents over them. You're not going to be able to move the needle like they do because they have a national, international fan bases. Mm-hmm. They're um, some of the most profitable franchises in the entire world as i under, like that's like a couple like uefa teams and yeah like the cowboys patriots you so on and so forth the teams we hate yeah and so i mean how can you compete with that and the only way to do that is just to grow your own talent yeah and that's that is the recipe draft well acquire well i mean even with the, even look at the warriors before they formed a super team they were terrible for decades yeah decades and then they they hit on Steph Curry. They hit on Clay Thompson. They hit on Draymond, Draymond Green. The rest is history. Yeah. And now that some of the best basketball teams we'll ever witness in our lifetime, seventy-three yeah. wins. Um. All right. That was cool. Um. Last thing to end with. Gruden the says here. McLaurin was a hurt tail. Has a hurt tailbone. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's why he was held out. Holcomb has an AC joint injury. This is all these injuries are good. Sean Wilson hurt his ankle. Morgan Moses hurt his hamstring. Settle hurt his knee. Gruden thinks he's okay. Yeah, the McLaurin was from four days ago. So every her, everything's fine. Here is butt, basically, right? As Tom would say, "Watch it is wet." <laughs> Here we go. Um, this has been an interesting season for the Nationals. At one point, nineteen to thirty-one, uh, it looked like Davey Martinez was uh, on thin ice, to say the least. Players were going to be rumored in terms of a sell-off, and the Nationals would be absolutely rebuilding. Um, since yeah. then, they've been one of the better teams in baseball. Their, um, I think their run differential might be the best amongst anyone. And they're really right in the thick of it right now. I believe if the playoffs started today, they would be uh, hosting a wild-card game. Is that right, Bobby? Yes, yes. They would be hosting, a, I checked it today, I believe the Cubs. Okay. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> and a, and a player. Uh, no. Well, it's either that or the Cardinals. Oh no, not again! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been in the 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 times that Nats have made the playoffs prior. They've won the division each each time and basically run away with the division um, quite handedly mm-hmm. in all of those. Yeah, and really, this is the four. first time that the Nats are really in the thick of it, where every single game matters. Where it's it's entertaining for sure. It's stressful as all hell, especially with the past series against the Mets. But um, this is this is a new experience for Nats fans. A new experience for myself. Um, it's, it's it's not fun. boring. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> there's actually every single game counts. Every single game counts, and that was like sometimes the the big issue with baseball. Like you know, there's 162 games, especially early on in the season. They don't really all count now. Like. You know the Phillies just walked off, so they got the the Nationals didn't play tonight, mm-hmm. so t- they can gain ground or they can lose ground because wow. the the Braves are losing right now, so they can gain ground on the Braves, mm-hmm. but the Mets beat them, so the Mets are going to gain ground on them, yeah, this and the crazy. Phillies won, so they're going to gain ground. That's and then th- you oh, welcome the Brewers, who are only a game out of a wild card spot this weekend. Yeah, I think there's over there's over five teams within five games it's insane. in this, the this National, National League, League wild card. This National it's League crazy. wild card race is crazy. Uh, let's see. So it's it's definitely been interesting. One, two, it's three, four, five, uh, five we, within four, six within man. seven and a half. It's so stressful. There's only three <laughs> teams that I would say are like quote unquote definitely out of it because we're not we're not even into September yet. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think the Reds or the Padres are going to make a real run at it, but you know what I'm saying. In my opinion, this is going to come down really to the last series. What about of that five game series against the Phillies? Oh, God. The last week. Also, it's kind of sucks and slash weird that the Nationals' last series of the season is at home against the Indians. Hmm. It's an interleague series. Yeah. Huh. Really? That's kind of anticlimactic, right? Look at that. So, yeah, the the Brewers are a game behind. The Phillies are a game behind. The Mets, two and a half. They're the hottest team in baseball, despite losing the past three games. They're winning right now. Okay. And uh, the Diamondbacks are three behind. The Giants, four behind. Uh, both of which, the Nats swept both Giants and the Reds recently. But they're they're close, too. And we're not in Padres, seven and a half. I mean, that's far, but that's with 40 more games that, left. That's yeah. doable. This I mean, is I'm not saying they're going to do it, but that's within shooting distance. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's been... One, I did not think we would be here. The, I mean, I... No, I know you didn't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> we think all any, knew. Did, did anyone expect th- this to happen? No. Preseason? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, when they were at, at the lowest of the low. 31? Lowest of the low, getting swept in four games the by the Mets in New York in, what, late May? Yeah, we're not very good against the Mets I never broke shred. Oh, my God. Play anyone but the Mets. I think seven. I think that's seven can, consecutive losses in which we had a lead going into the eighth or ninth inning. Yeah, is that right. Crazy. And Doolittle, his numbers are atrocious. Against, yeah. Like his, if you take his his uh, games against the Mets out of his equation, ERA is like one. It's man. insane. The Mets now look smart as hell for that fucking trade, Stroman trade. Man, yeah. We're all like, "What are you doing, Mets? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're adorable. You, you, that's so cute. <laughs> so cute. Who are you, Porter? <laughs> <laughs> that's, adorable. that's adorable. Now they got one of the best pitching. But that was also teams. annoying because I kind of agree with you. And then the Nats got to Stroman, and then they blew it. Yeah, yeah. That was Friday night. Yep. It, it is. Um, I was in Ocean City this past weekend. I'm so sure you were fine. Thank God I was not watching because uh, yeah, I would have been that would have been bad. I d- actually, you know what? I was watching the Doolittle three run home run, the Todd Frazier home run. Yeah, I was watching that. Too. I watched one, and I, I I think the first thing says I didn't. Br- I said I didn't break anything, nor did I yell. I just want to confirm that both of those are true. Yeah, no, I, I believe you. My I, controllers are perfectly fine. You said you were in Ocean City though. Um. You brought your controls with you? No, no. That break was, them? <laughs> we went, we went the, night, the night before was when uh, we watched the Doolittle meltdown. And then we went to the beach the next day. So, the, Oh, you went to the beach on Saturday? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, that happened. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about the Nats with you, Bobby, and that That's series funny. against the Mets was some, real, some amazing, amazing games played. But another thing, look, I hate the Mets. I hate the Phillies. I hate the Braves. I hate all of them so much. But the Mets fans really showed out the, that series against the Nets. Yeah. They were, I mean, it, it felt like it was a playoff-like atmosphere. Every pitch counted. It was, It was. the fans were engaged. They were loud. They were, you know, doing everything that you can to have a home field advantage. And, you know, D.C. fans have long been, uh, you know, kind of at the, been the three-legged dog in terms of what is a proper way to celebrate or what what have you. At the same time, you know, Grant Paulson brought this up, like the series against the Reds, and there's only twenty-one thousand people there, and it's just he's like, "Where's the same energy? Why, like, why can't we have that same kind of home field advantage yeah. in comparison to the Mets?" Well, there's a couple. Uh, one, to an extent, I, I agree, Grant, with Grant, yeah. because the Nats for now going on seven years have been. A lot better than they've been bad. Yeah, and when you have a good product, they deserve to be, you know, appreciated to the level that I, I think they should be. Um, 
Two, if that was a series against the Phillies, against the Mets, against the Braves at home, it would have been a much, much different environment. When mm-hmm. we're playing a team that comes here, what, once to twice a year in the Cincinnati Reds, there's once not as... Yeah, th- they yeah. play them twice a year, they come yeah. once there's, home and home. Exactly. There's not a level of excitement people aren't yeah Yeah. people aren't like trying to break down the gates to see joey Votto or something right um those were really my thoughts and in addition what needs to be acknowledged is nats fans are still very very much in their infancy oh yes absolutely and um that really needs to be understood yeah and Um, that's the key right there thank you tom i I think I was going. Were you listening today too? Is that why it's coming up, or you no, just going I, off I from earlier get, this week? Yeah, earlier yeah. this week. Um, they talked about it again today because Nats fans are just getting so butthurt about what GP said. Yeah, so defensive. About and it. I was like, I mean, and I use this term to describe all aspects of the fan base, but Nats fans are just so still like they're just immature. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, in our infancy, teams hasn't been here for fifteen years yet. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a team beforehand for however many years when decades the, the senators were gone. Yep, and I, we're still learning how to be baseball fans. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I know this is a preseason game, but Redskins fans have one of the best fan bases in all football. Used to, I think they still do. People just don't want to they go just to the don't game. Go to the game, right? Yeah, okay. And uh, that's yeah. Well, if you're a good fan, you should go to the game. Well, yes, it's, I think it's a different circumstance when everyone hates the owner. Yeah. Um. You know, there's they don't have a fan base like the Capitals do in this town. Absolutely, maybe even the Wizards, just because the Wizards have been here longer. Slash Bullets, um, but that's that their own thing. So I, I just think Nats fans are immature in the sense of like, yeah, you, I'm not going to go to a Monday night game against the Reds. I, I know it's late August, but you know it's not worth my time because it is kind of a pain in the ass to get down there. And that's fine, um, but I think you're right. If there was the Phillies or the Mets, sure, people would have turned out. Um, Absolutely, and I think what Grant was really trying to say is he just wants to so butthurt up when you bring it up. It's like he, we we can have a conversation as adults. Yeah, it, we're not there yet, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Grant just wants it to be more organic because in the playoff series over the years, I mean that series against the Cubs, I thought DC was incredible. Yeah, better than Wrigley Especially Field. That game five, Wrigley Field of all places, some of the, like the best home field adva- advantage in baseball, one of the best. I thought it was. It, I was proud to be, you know, a local. Like that was really cool. I, I love what our fans did. That's that's something I want to forget. Um, but I mean, that's a playoff game. Right. So I mean, that's kind of the knack for DC sports fans in general. Was you're there for important important moments like that. But where were where were you for a you know a Saturday night game against the Cincinnati Reds? Right. Not even Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Davey Martinez, his introductory press conference when he became manager said like that game five when we were here as with the cubs for that was we were a little intimidated it was loud as hell here it was scary to come play Mm -hmm. so yeah it's not that we can't do it we can do it as a fan base we've seen it it's just you know we're not new york either yankees or mets we're not chicago we're not la we don't have these established fan bases the red sox that have been around for decades some Literally a hundred years, centuries, um, that show. You know, do you think? Also, back to the immaturity thing. Like, do you think if you know, for whatever reason, the Yankees had some low attended game, some New York sports jock was gonna be like, "Man, that was really low attended last night. That was kind of weird." Do you think New York 
Yankees fans will be like up in arms about it. Like, no, they're like, all right, well, we'll probably be better tonight, so we'll see. Met, Nats fans get Fan so t- get so triggered mm-hmm. so quickly when you talk about how you know they don't show up at the games. I mean, there's 81 home games. They're not going to sell out every single one. I don't no. think any baseball team really does, no. and, unless you're. Yankee Stadium or Wrigley Field or Fenway right. Park, something historic. I, mean, I think it's just unrealistic to expect. I agree. Forty-two thousand for eighty-one games. Yeah, in a in a transient in a town. transient towns like a lot of most Nats fans don't even live in D.C. They live in the suburbs in Maryland yep. and Virginia, and it's a pain in the ass for them to get down here on a weekday. Like mm-hmm. you're either coming because someone gave you tickets, or you've been planning on this specific date for a while now. You know, you can't just. No one's gonna go on the Monday. Oh, the Nats are playing the Reds. I'm going to drop everything and go to the Nats game. Mm-hmm. No one's going to do that. That's just no. a, such a pain in the ass. Unless you're a season ticket holder, but there's only... You know, there's only so many of those. Only so many, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting topic, and yeah, I I saw Grant catching so much flack for I it. I felt bad for him. Well, I, mean, I, not that he needs I don't know pay. why. I mean, he gets paid to have an opinion, and that guy gets beat up. And he's good at his job. I mean, that's what also kind of triggered me. I saw, like, even after he made those comments, I believe it was Monday, or Tuesday, because it was after the Monday game. Even like yesterday, Wednesday, this morning, I saw people still like tweeting and going after him yeah. for it. And he, I mean, to his credit, he didn't really instigate anything or like fight back or be a dick about it. I but mean, it's like he, all he's doing was saying facts. He gets paid to have an opinion. If you don't like Redskins fans, hate him. I don't get that. I don't get that. Either. I don't get that either. He loves this team. I, I love GP. Yeah. yeah, and I trust his opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just he covered the team, and it's and he studies it, and he, especially with He's football. Been a fan his whole life, especially yeah. with um, he doesn't basketball is not his not his thing, but football, baseball, and hockey, I trust anything that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Um, yeah, and I I feel bad that it's like him and Chris Russ. Well. Uh, I don't even put Chris Russell in the same category as Grant. But <laughs> my cousin was at a bar in DC where Chris Russell, Chris Russell was broadcasting tonight. Really? And he was like, "Who's this guy?" I was like, "Oh, that's that's the that's rooster." The rooster. Yeah, that's, he uh, was like, a, he was like, as a big boy. <laughs> my <laughs> my man. favorite <laughs> Chris Russell things with him on the air is just when Chad or or JP Finlay or just someone is just tearing him a new one, and he gets so upset. He gets but, so upset. Yeah, anyway, no, I I feel bad that because especially you know. I felt bad for Grant when all this flack that he was catching from Nats fans, but it it just really upset me how many people like took it personally that right. he was a Kirk Cousins and guy, that's, uh, and especially yeah. that yeah. we were yes. like because because he stood on the basis of statistical facts and you know records that were broken and and things that were accomplished with Kirk Cousins under center that hasn't been accomplished in decades, and you know it, it just felt like every he's providing factual statements, evidence, and then he's just. Getting so vitriolic. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he, he didn't. All he said was facts. Like he didn't attack a specific. I mean, he's talking about Nats fans, but he didn't attack a specific person, specific group of Nats fans. All he said was, "Wow, this Monday night game against the Reds is poorly attended. And That's a shame because we're in the middle of a playoff race." Hope it gets better. And he loves baseball. And he, he loves baseball. He loves Orioles. He loves the Nationals. He just wants them to be good. And, all, and, and <laughs> he, like wants Nats, what, he wants what everyone right. else wants. And it's like, Nats fans aren't there yet, which is all correct. Everything he said was correct, and everyone got so up in arms about it. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but again, just shows the immaturity of the fan base, I think. Ian, what are your thoughts on, all, on, on that? I'm not going to lie. I pulled a porter. I'm pretty spaced out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Appreciate Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Appreciate uh, the honesty. It's true. I mean... They're no the Mets 
I remember that happened. Yeah. Like, is that what it all started from? What yeah. it stemmed from? Well, because I'm looking Because they came, they came to well, the show. that yeah. three exactly. exactly. They, they did. 39,000, 43,000, 41,000. It was and then a, the Nats, a playoff the atmosphere. Very next, that was in New York. The very next day was the first game against the Reds, and the Nats Park drew 22,000. Yeah. I saw those games in uh, in New York, and that was that was intense. But, no, I mean, either way. The Nets, they aren't there yet. Yeah, that they just aren't. Yeah, and, and Danny, that's, that's a New York. That's New York. Yeah, right. That's New York. New York, Boston, Chicago, L.A. I mean, there's, and that's what they also said. It's like, look, you know, look at Atlanta. We're, look at Atlanta. Like yeah. they're drawing twenty five thousand a night too, and they're in first place. Yeah. So it's like it's not. That's what Danny kept stressing. It's not just a D.C. thing. It's happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. All we're saying is that people aren't showing up to games. And that's a shame. Hopefully, we get better at it. That's yeah. all they were saying, and that's a perfectly fine statement to say. If you get upset about that, I mean, that's your own problem. And we experienced this with the uh, definitely with the Wizards a few years ago when you know mm-hmm. John Wall was healthy, Brad Beal was was Bradley, and you know we were this some of the best basketball we witnessed in our lifetime, and still no one was giving a shit. And, yeah, you know, it's just. This is not the first time we've had this conversation. I feel yeah. like we've had this topic about all of the fan bases besides a Caps. That's the only one. Yeah, they're certainly the exception to the rule. But, you know, at some point, Alex Ovechkin and, and Backstrom, they're not going to be able to play forever, too. So, right. you know, there's going to be some fluctuation. And yeah. it's just, I like, I, I know D.C. is a major major market. Mm-hmm. There's four professional teams in this town for a reason. There's only 12 cities in the country that have that same uh, big four. 12, 13, something like 13 that. 13 now because of LA. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, it's, there's a reason we are a major market, but there is also a distinct, distinct difference between Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, Los Angeles. We don't have the that level of fandom in comparison to those towns. Right. Like Minneapolis is considered, is also one of those towns that has four teams, but they're no New York either. Detroit, no New York. I mean, another big city, but I mean, yeah, it's L.A., Chicago, New York, Boston. They're different animals. You cannot compare it to the two. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I heard Max on the radio a couple days ago. He's hoping to be, sounds like he's going to be coming back fairly soon, which is awesome. If uh, he pitches Saturday, he's lined up for the wild card game. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you see his nickname? For Players Weekend, uh, Brown Eye. Yeah, last yeah. year was Blue Eye. This year, was Brown eye. <laughs> and then, yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and need to get that Brown Eye jersey. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so it, one thing that has been really impressive over the past month, Bobby, there is a problem that I didn't think would happen, and Joe Ross and Eric Fetty have been pitching their balls off. Chef's kiss. Their balls Who, off. <laughs> get it? Yeah. Um, I get it. <laughs> Who do you? One's one's got to stay a starter. One. Uh, who? I I lean towards Fetty because he's been here throughout the entire season. Joe Ross hasn't, I guess, quote unquote, seniority in terms of how often they've pitched. But Joe Ross is coming off an eighteen inning scoreless streak. How do you? How do he, you think? Joe Ross's stuff's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has the higher ceiling. But yeah, I mean, he has more experience, but. Uh, he's also coming off Tommy John, well, so he needs to well, be monitored. Well, I think he has more experience, but I'm, for this season in particular, yeah. I think Eric has more uh, starts. So you'd go Fetty? In terms of he's been with the Major League Club longer this season than uh, Joe Ross has. I, I have an idea about that. 
Ross to the pen or Fetty to the pen? So just start both of them. So when it's Ross's day to start, have him pitch his four innings and then let Fetty pitch four innings. So that's the thing, though. They haven't, they've been going deeper than four. I know. Crap. <laughs> this is a good problem. But Fetty has 11 starts on the season, 16 outings. Joe Ross only has th- uh, four outings, three starts. Sorry, four outings in 22 games. Four starts in 22 games. Jesus. So, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I would go Fetty first. But, yeah, you could tag team them. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. Or, I, I, they've technically both pitched out of the bullpen. I know Joe Ross has done it more yes. consistently or on a more regular basis. So, maybe shift one of them to the pen. And they're going to have to. Because, I mean, you need... At this point, you just need arms. I, I honestly, the fact that Anyone Joe Ross is other than Doolittle. Joe Ross has gone from starter to reliever, right? And that's what they did with Taylor back Roark to starter, too. and then it's not a good thing. Two AAA, two AA, to the majors, and then back. Like I, I feel like at this point, he they just need more consistency with him. Yeah, where Fetty is a little bit younger, and I think maybe just he's a little bit more flexible. Yeah, so. Just going to be riding the hot hand, and uh, I obviously they don't need to make a decision just this day, but uh, you know it's coming fairly soon. Yeah, so Max is coming back. Thank um, God. I can't imagine how pissed he is that he can't play right now. He, oh, I didn't talk to. I wasn't there specific. I was at Ants Park yesterday. I wasn't there specifically when he spoke to the media, but apparently he was intense, being like, "No, I'm fucking pitching." Yeah, that sounds like Max. <laughs> I want to pitch, and he's like, "I'm not doing any rehab assignment. I'm not going anywhere. I'm pitching here." <laughs> okay. So, and, and okay. If, if, Max, and Dave, if that's what Max says, then, uh, and Dave was like, "We have to talk first. And I was like, "Good <laughs> luck with that conversation." Yeah, that's not whatever. Whatever you say, sir. Yeah, yeah. Try looking those two eyes and tell him that man's <laughs> not going to pitch. All right. Um, well, we're at right an hour and a half in, a little bit over. I'm Megan. I'm so sure we were going to be quick with, with no Porter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any? How's did you finish season three of The Wire? No, I'm still halfway through it. Okay, I haven't watched it in actually. All right, I have not started The Boys yet. Um, started. I yeah. have so much at the waters. Um, I, I, I went through. Watch the boys. I went through Last Chance You Like That. I need to do that too. That's so good. Oh, I do that. that gets, that is just. Hard Knocks is so good. Hard, yeah. What are your thoughts on Daz? You're a Raiders oh, I'm fan. I'm loving it. I'm loving every moment. You like it I so far? I love Gruden so much. Do you guys watch it? Yeah. yeah I'm it. He's okay. You just okay? I just, He's okay. Man, I need love I, ball, There's man. not a. Hey, we got through the first what I, camp. Bro. What I love about Hard Knocks typically is, oh, oh, boy. first of all, give me all of the coaches just cursing out players. Oh, I think all it's the awesome. content, all the behind the Please scenes. Please, yeah, thank all, you. give me all of that. The rookie show. This was the worst rookie show I've ever seen. Oh, in Hard it was Knocks history. so bad. That was so cringeworthy. That was terrible. Um, but every the Hard Knocks that I loved were just they focus on like a late round pick or an undrafted free agent or, or some guy that is just with has a big chip on his shoulder and doing everything and his power to make this team yeah and it's those guys that i'm rooting for where like i'm like on the edge of my seat like are they going to make the team are they going to make the team i don't know i don't know like every snap counts and you know it's i feel like there's not a player in the raiders that i have those thoughts with maybe that receiver that undrafted undrafted receiver maybe but i mean we just got introduced to him this episode so yeah i mean Derek carr doesn't do it for me no he doesn't do it for me i which i'm okay with like as long as he's not like I don't know. He's not annoying, but I have that's some, what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not like making headlines for unnecessary, like like a certain receiver. I know. Yeah, 
He's kind of annoying. When they Abram's about, kind of like he's a talker. <laughs> Man, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like, please don't piss anybody off. Rick. Well, the, you, well right? you said you, you just compared yourself though. to Aaron Donald. Oh no, he's a player. And what about Richie Incognito? I mean, this guy was what months months ago was in like a uh, mental institution or or was. And he actually seems pretty down to earth. Right. <laughs> he seems like <laughs> the, the fight. He's like, I ain't going. I'm not going in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck you mean? We're we gonna push each other with our helmets on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. That was very sane of you. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound Very like level-headed and, and not racist. Yeah. Well, that's what I was like, When Antonio Brown went up to talk to him, and I was like, that's how does that work? Like, you know for a fact this guy was, like, said some racist-ass shit, and you're just going to act like nothing. I would be so... I feel like... I don't know. Maybe... I don't no, know. I'm, I'm not you. African-American, so I'd, I would never be in a situation I don't know. But it's kind of like... So casually, you're just walking up to him like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... And all these players know each other outside of yeah things like that. So maybe there was already a relationship developed beforehand. Uh, because that incident that Incognito had in Miami where Jonathan Martin just left the team, his teammates went to Incognito's side. Yeah, they backed he, up Incognito. They said he's one of the guys yeah. it's who we get beers with afterwards, and he's he's our friend. Um, and then obviously the... They pretty much gave him a pass to... To speak like that, uh. <laughs> they, yes. they, they give him a temporary card, which <laughs> was revoked soon after. <laughs> As it should be. Ah, uh, you know what you <laughs> you took a little too far there. Yeah. And now yeah. it's national. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, uh, well, uh, thank you again to Tim Murray. Thank you to Sarah Perlman. <laughs> thank you to Jenks. I really want to be friends with you. Jenks. I want to hang out with Jenks. I, I do. Cheese, make it happen. Uh, on behalf of my puka shells and <laughs> um, pastel polos, wardrobe, and what have you. Man, um, there are so many pastels. You have good no idea. God, dude, it is bad. <laughs> you have no idea. I, I could probably have some idea. No, it, just ask Megan. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got uh, week three, the pre- the dress rehearsal next week, so that should be exciting. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to have to start a little bit later for that because we I need to pay attention think, for quarters one through three. I don't think three. we'll be able to do it. I don't think I'm working every night next week. Uh, yeah. I know. Uh-huh. So we'll see you week four. Well, yeah, all right. Possibly. So after week three. Or maybe so. after week yeah. three, before week four, maybe that Tuesday. Cool. No, wait. Can you do Mondays? No. Ooh, maybe not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. But definitely not next week. All right. So, Bobby, uh, I'll let you sign off here, sir. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I think the pit, Put Me In Coach podcast. Put me, Puka Shell. Puka, Puka Shell. Yeah, the piece after Puka that Shell. That was my screen name was Puka544. Damn it, Tom. Yep, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn it, Tom. <laughs> I was on your side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put Me In Coach podcast. Facebook. Instagram, SoundCloud, PMIC Podcast. You can also give each one of us a follow at Bobby underscore Blanco, at Tom underscore Natalie, at Ian underscore Foster 21, and at Super Busy Greg, <laughs> or Gregory, busy at work this week. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, not Google Play, yes, Google Play, and Spotify. Give us a subscription. Um, let us know what you think, and hit us up. And thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you at some point during football season. Night. Nah. Remember at Home Alone, the poop, 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 poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all... This has been it. Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going.